Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. One, they continue to be obedient. I can imagine after two or three days, normally Peter would say this. Well, we've been here for three days. Jesus said to wait, but nothing's happened. I'm going out and make something happen. Be careful. That's normal for us. Jesus says in our life, wait, I'll open a door for you. We wait a week, two weeks, forget it. I'm going to take things in my hand and we open the door. How many know when you open that door, it's always a disaster. When you read the Gospels, it's pretty clear that Peter was not a patient man. Many of the other apostles displayed character flaws as well. But by the time Jesus went back to heaven, they'd learned quite a bit about trusting God. They had, at that time, an extra component working in their lives. Pastor Mark will be teaching about this X factor, the Holy Spirit. You'll hear about how the disciples' obedience to Jesus' parting instructions benefited them in so many ways. This led to the incredible spread of the gospel throughout their world. You'll find out how you should let the Holy Spirit work in your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 14 as he continues his message, Under His Influence, Emptied and Filled. Because of this absolute essential, Jesus said to his disciples just before he went back to heaven, he says, you have to go to Jerusalem and you have to wait until you receive the gift of God. Now, a gift can't be worked for. They can't earn it. You have to go to Jerusalem and you have to wait to receive this gift. What would that gift be? It's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then Jesus said to them, once filled, then you could begin to fulfill the great commission that I gave you. Once filled, then you would be ready to go and change your world because you would now move under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Understand in our opening prayer today, talking about this young girl that had been kidnapped and fathered all these kids and sexual abuse for almost 20 years. What was this man under? He was under the influence of Satan. Well, how can we counteract that? Only by the power of God. We can't counteract it with dead religion. We must go into the world empowered by the Holy Spirit. You're close by. Go to Acts chapter 1. Let's see what happens as we go to the upper room. As the disciples go there, verse 12 of Acts chapter 1. Then they returned, speaking about the disciples, to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. 
Now, when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. And those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, son of the Zealot, and Judas, different Judas, son of James. And they all joined together, notice, constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So gathered in this upper room, by the way, now there's 120 of them. When we go to Israel, we always go to an upper room. And it's a place where, well, the disciples had their feet washed. It was amazing, the Last Supper. And then many people believe, of course, the room where we go to isn't the upper room, isn't the current one. But it probably wasn't even in that area. Most people really believe, and you'll see why, that the upper room is kind of outside the temple. Because shortly, there's going to be thousands of people around. Well, gathered in this upper room are 11 disciples, Mary, the mother of Jesus, some unnamed women. Many women followed Jesus and were active and useful in his ministry. And they were Christ followers. And look who else is there. The brothers of Jesus. You see, the brothers of Jesus initially were all skeptics. In fact, one time they said, you're crazy. You're not the Messiah. But they'd all come to faith. They were now believers. So here's 120 of them in the upper room. Now here's the question. They were going to be there, we know now, for 10 days before Pentecost started. Pentecost 50 days. Already been 40. What were they doing in this upper room, 120 followers of Christ, who already had the Holy Spirit in them? What were they doing? Well, let me give you five things. You don't need to write them down. Just listen. One, they continue to be obedient. I can imagine after two or three days, normally Peter would say this. Well, we've been here for three days. Jesus said to wait, but nothing's happened. I'm going out and make something happen. Be careful. That's normal for us. Jesus says in our life, wait, I'll open a door for you. We wait a week, two weeks, forget it. I'm going to take things in my hand and we open a door. How many know when you open that door, it's always a disaster. Be careful. So they're obediently waiting. They're waiting to be empowered. And they'll wait until the gift comes. Number two, they were praying. God uses, we don't even know what this gift's going to look like, but we want to be used by you. Number three, they were filled with expectation. Why were they excited? Because they had heard that Jesus said, the Father will give the gift to you. And you will receive power. Number four. We'll see in a moment that the Bible says they were in unity. They were in one accord. They had one goal. God fill us. And after you fill us, we're going to go and change the world. By the way, that's the goal that we need to have in this building. God, you fill me. So I may be empowered. And then we'll go. It's not for me. Understand, if you want to be filled with the power of God for you, you'll never be filled. It's always outward. It's not like we see all these people doing things for themselves, bringing attention to themselves. No, it's always, it's always outward. And number five, maybe most importantly, they were being, during these ten days, emptied of self So they could live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. 
First thing for those of you that take notes to write down today is this. Not too many things to take today. This one you have to understand. God cannot fill us with the Holy Spirit until we are emptied of self. That's what they were doing. They were there getting rid of self. Dio Moody says this, there must be an emptying before there can be a filling. F.B. Meyer, a great Bible teacher, said this, God cannot fill us if we're already filled. Here's a glass. It's almost totally filled. Just use this illustration. That's you and your abilities, your education. You've been a Christian 42 years. All of you is there. It's wonderful. God says, forget it. See, he's not going to add his power to my ability. He's going to give me power way above my ability, and I'll know it's not me. So we have to be emptied of self. What does that empty of self look like? During those 10 days, God began to empty these people of these things. You don't need to write them down. We'll catch up with them later. Number one, apathy. I believe this is the number one thing we have to be emptied of. Most of us are so busy doing our own thing. We're only focused about us. What I'm going to do today, how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to make the payment for this, how we're going to raise this, how we're going to do, I wonder who's going to win the football thing, get the things ready, what's going to happen with the job. We're only focused about me. And when things go good, we just tool along. See, it should remind you of a song, going through the, going through the motions. Oh, religious, we have Christ in us, but we're kind of just doing our thing. So the first thing that God has to get out of us is apathy. Second, fear. I'm fearful of talking about God. Why are you fearful of talking about God? Because I don't know what they'd ask me. We'll start learning. That's why you come here. Smile and say, yes, yes, that's why I come here. So what's the next? Carnality. Some of you may be in this room this morning. God will not fill your life with his power if you're living in sin. Impossible. He's holy. Next, pride. Self-promotion. Self-ambition. God fill me with your power because I've got some really good plans I'm going to do. No, no, no. You fill me with your power so I can do what you want me to do, God. It's not self-ambition. So he has to empty us. Before he can fill us. Last Monday morning, I was studying for this weekend. Typically all week I do that, but in the mornings is my good time. I usually get up at six and have my devotion and then study for a few hours before I come into the office. That's my really good time. And of course, in the afternoons I work on it and different stuff, but mornings, I'm a morning guy. As I was there and I was studying, God kind of put this thought in my mind. What were the 120 people doing in the upper room? And I never really thought of that before. And out of that came these five things that I just wrote. They just came to my mind and I wrote all five down. Really, out of these, number five was the big one with me, being emptied of self. 
I'd never really thought of it that way before. Well, I get up Tuesday and there'd been an email from one of you, one of you ladies. It had come on Monday late and I didn't read it till Tuesday morning. I got up and read it and she said, Pastor Mark, because of you teaching, I was reminded of a song that I used to sing in camp many years ago and I was impressed to email you the song in the words. And so I opened the email. In the name of the song, this is pretty spiritual now, get ready. The name of the song was the Ketchup Song. <laughs> written in 1966. I never heard of it. And I went, what, am I, the Ketchup Song? Let me read you the Ketchup Song. God, I'm like a bottle of ketchup with the slow pouring blues. In the race to come empty, you know I don't want to lose. Here's the chorus. So pick me up. Take off my cap, Lord. Won't you turn me upside down? Just think of a ketchup bottle. Won't you turn me upside down? Take your hand and whack me on my backside, Lord. And pour me on the ground. Because I want to be filled with your spirit. I want to be useful and free. But I can't be filled with your spirit till I'm emptied of me. Verse 2. God, I'm like a jar of molasses on a January night. Though you try to remove me, I'm holding on too tight. The next verse. God, I'm like a thick, rich milkshake with a skinny little straw through which you're trying to extract me, but I won't come out at all. So pick me up and take off my cap, Lord, and won't you turn me upside down and take your hand and whack me on my backside, Lord, and pour me on the ground? Because I want to be filled with your spirit. I want to be useful and free. But I can't be filled with your spirit till I'm emptied of me. Now, let me ask you a question. We're talking about coming under his influence. Would you say that that song she sent me was a coincidence. Not at all. In fact, I went into the other room. My wife is there. And I said, look at this confirmation. God impressed on me. We have to be emptied of self. And we have to be filled with him. So I had the title on Monday. Emptied and filled. And I said, look at this confirmation. She thought God said to send it to me. She did. And I'm thinking, catch a song. And it was Perfect. And as I'm talking to my wife, I'll be in Singapore with my wife, and we're going to be teaching this series, actually, at the Calvary Chapel Singapore. And then we're both going to Hong Kong, and I'll be teaching at the missions conference for all of the Asian missionaries, and my wife's going to be teaching. So I was helping her with, a, with part of her teaching, and I, I pulled a book off the shelf that I haven't looked at for 15 years. And I opened it, and it was F, by F.B. Meyer. I already read you the quote. And I opened the book, just opened it like this. And I was going to look for the chapter she was in. She was in chapter 17. But it opened to this. And here's what the headline was in this book that I haven't looked at in 15 years. This was Tuesday morning. F.B. Meyer says this. God cannot fill us if we're already filled. Hello? Now, that was for me. But what I get from God... 
Just turn to your neighbor and say, oh, it's for me too. Just go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Is it? Absolutely. It's not just for me. It's for you. So what God's trying to say to us this morning is this. If I want to be filled, I have to empty myself of me. What has to really happen? Do I have to really turn upside down? (laughs) We'll see how it happens. As I thought about that, I said, God, amazing to me. If you're going to empty me, and I believe that was what's happening in the upper room, what do you want to fill me with? Here's what you want God to fill you with. Jesus, fill me with power and love and zeal. Another word would be passion. All of those are from God. God's power, God's love, God's zeal and passion. And then boldness. Boldness, not to witness, but to be a witness. It's a very different thing. We're not like a Christian half of the day, and when God opened an opportunity, I witness. No, I'm a witness 24-7. My life is to represent him. And that's what he meant. Go into all the world, and you will be witnesses. You won't witness. You will be witness. That's why they said to Peter and John, who have you been with? Why are you doing what power? Whose name? Why is your life changed? Not what just words came out of your mouth. Well, let's see what happens. Go to Acts chapter 2. You're close by. After these 10 days, what happens? Verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. So now we've been there 10 days. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting down right here. All of them. Not one standing. They're sitting. What happened? And they saw what seemed to be Tongues of fire that separated and came to rest. Here's the key on that's the P on each of them. Did they already have the Holy Spirit in them? Say yes. Absolutely. They already had the Holy Spirit in them. That happened on John 20, 22, when Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. But then he says, you're not ready yet. There's a third experience. It's the empowering of the Spirit. Notice, it was to rest on each of them. Now, this is very significant. For those of you that know Old Testament, the Holy Spirit did come on people in the Old Testament and empower them for special things. But very few people, and only for a short period of time. This is a brand new day. Every single follower of Christ can be empowered with the Spirit. This is all new. Now notice, tongues of fire. What does fire do? Fire purifies. You see, John the Baptist had said about Jesus, he will come and he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. That would happen. That's that purification process that had been completed. The old sin nature... Still in there, but they were no longer carnal. They were into self. As a result of the Holy Spirit coming on them, what happened? Look at verse 4. This is what Jesus was waiting for. And how many of them were filled? Every single one. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So what happened? All 120 of those people in that upper room who had the Holy Spirit in them were now filled, overflowing, added dimension, dynamic power of God, ready to go. 
and change their world. While while they're speaking in tongues, look what happens. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. The reason we know that, they're there for that celebration. And every nation under heaven, they, they have all kinds of languages. And when they heard this sound, God opened the door. He was making an opportunity. You'll see why in a moment. A crowd came together in bewilderment. Because each one of them heard them speaking in his own language and utterly amazed, they said to each other, wait a minute, these are people from Galilee. How do they know my language from Rome? How do they know my language from Turkey? The Jewish crowd was shocked because they didn't know the language. That was a, a gift that God gave them. And notice, they were speaking the praises of God. They weren't teaching a lesson. They were talking about how wonderful God is. So this was something supernatural that they had. We'll see that it happens two or three other times in the book of Acts. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But they were praising God. And this person over here could hear those words from people he knew didn't know his language. That would get your attention, wouldn't it? They didn't go through a little Berlitz course and then do it. This was something God was orchestrating. Well, this huge crowd kind of had a mixed reaction. Some of them immediately went, yeah, 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 they're drunk. They've been on the wine already too early. Nine o'clock in the morning, here they go. Other people go, well, no, that's not it. But I, I, don't, I don't understand what this is. Well, look at verse 14. Peter stands and he, and he goes to the Old Testament. But notice what he says. Then Peter stood up with the 11. He raised his voice. By the way, now he's speaking in the language all of them know. One single language. And he addressed the crowd, fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Then Peter went through and did all of this. Is this the same Peter that 50 days before, when asked if he knew Jesus, denied him three times? Is this the same Peter? Absolutely it is. What is the difference between this Peter and the Peter 50 days ago? The difference is that he was now emptied of Peter and filled with who? And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, there will be boldness in your talk. Write this next note down and You can write Peter, but I prefer you to put your own name in it. What is the difference between before and after? Peter is now under the influence of the Holy Spirit and not under the influence of Peter. That's what makes the difference. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You got to hear how it happened the first time and how it affected the whole world for the gospel. You learned that it's not some spooky thing, but just a way that the Holy Spirit fills you up with His presence and power. You heard about your need to be filled with Him over and over because you leak Him out. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. 
you'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will conclude his teaching under his influence, emptied and filled. You'll hear how the Holy Spirit gives insight to your life and helps you to be a more effective Christ follower. You'll learn how the Holy Spirit affected the first group of believers and the impact they had on their community. You'll find out how you can be used by God with the people in your life. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through his series called Under His Influence. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving